We're going to start today and talk about the power of God. But first, I want to just lift up prayer to him. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your glory. We ask that you would touch the people in the sound of my hearing today. Lord, that you would heal them, that you would set them free. Lord, that you would stir them up. Father, I ask that you would do a supernatural work today, even through the sound of our voice and just the release of your glory and your presence. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to have your way to flow in every place that this is being played and every ear that this is being heard, that there would be an energy and a, a release of the kingdom and the power of God. We thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. One of my favorite scriptures is Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine. And Jesus was speaking with the Pharisees, and he said this. He said, you are in error because you do not know Scripture or the power of God. I find that very interesting because to be a Pharisee, you had to have the first five books of the Bible memorized. So they may have it in their mind, but they do not know or understand or have a relationship with those Scriptures. And they do not have an understanding of the power of God. This scripture was in relation to uh, a, a woman who was married to one brother and he died and she got married to another brother and he died and got married to another brother and he died. And anyway, their question was, is who will she be married to in heaven? Jesus's uh, answer was that we would uh, be like angels, not given into marriage, but in heaven. But he rebuked them and said that you don't understand scripture and you don't understand the power of God. Now, today we have churches who know the Bible. They might know the Bible back and forth. But I find it interesting that when the, they are knowing the Bible, the power of God necessarily isn't released in a fresh way. God isn't, doesn't have the freedom to flow and to do what he wants to do in a church like that. And there's other churches that all they're about is the power and the presence of God, but they have no scriptural foundation. And we need to have both. We need to know the scripture that we're believing, and we need to know the power of the God we're believing in. Now, scripture is our safety mechanism, because if it says it in the Bible, it's true, and if we're receiving things from other, because uh, there's many spirits out there, if we're receiving things from other spirits, we can judge the spirit. Does it line up with the Bible or not? Does it line up with what God's word says as a whole or not? Um, but we're not going to be talking about scripture today so much. We're going to be talking about the power of God. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, I did not come to you in persuasive words of wisdom, but in spirit and power, so that your faith may not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Now, could Paul come in and, and uh, come with great words of wisdom? Yes, he could. He was the top student, top Pharisee, sat at the feet of Gamaliel. And so he was set to be one of the next leaders in the uh, Pharisees, yet... He counted that all as lost for knowing who Jesus is. 
Now, he didn't, didn't come with those persuasive words of wisdom, but in spirit and power. And why did he come in spirit and power? Because in 1 Corinthians uh, 4.20, he says this, the kingdom of God does not consist of words, but of power. And so when we, we start talking about this kingdom of God, it's this earth-shaking, this mind-bending what God does, we can't understand, we can't explain, but God does it because it's the power of his gospel. Now, Jesus, uh, God's gospel is a power gospel. It has the power to change lives. Now, I'm all with the 12-step programs, and, uh, you know, there's three steps to this and four steps to that, but when God... The power of God hits your life. You don't need a 12-step program for that to shift because it's the power of God. It is the gospel has the power to change lives. It has a power to release its glory. So many times in the church, we're into counseling and we're into this and we're into that. And I'm not saying that is necessarily bad, as, but... God wants to work in a power where we can't explain what happened. When we line up and we sit in the presence of God, we are shifted and changed into the image of God. The disciples, when they came up and uh, um, they were in front of the Sanhedrin, and uh, they took notice that they were unlearned men, but they had sat with Jesus. And as we sit, that power, that presence, that authority, the wisdom just rubs off on us. And so I want to encourage us. We need to know the word of God, but we need to set in the presence of God. We need to have him rub off on us. And, and it's a supernatural thing that happens. This gospel, this power gospel, it was so important that the power be there that Jesus told his disciples to wait in the city of Jerusalem until they were clothed with power from on high. That's Luke 24, 49. Now, they've already been healing the sick. They've already been casting out demons. Why do they need to wait for the power? Why do they need to wait for this Holy Ghost, this, this promise of the Father? Because the kingdom and the keys of the kingdom are released in the power and the presence of God. And they needed to have the power and they needed to have the presence of the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Godhead, not just around them, but in them, indwelling in them and releasing the power to change lives, to change situations, to go to nations and change nations, to go to towns and change towns. And God wants to do this, and he wants to release and give the presence of his glory to the people. Today we have an anemic church. It lacks power. It's like this. We go into church. We do three hymns give an offering, hear a prayer, maybe get some prayer, and then we walk out unchanged. Some churches we get in, they 
call up and we pray. And, and this is this is one of the things that really I asked God. I said, I said, God, early on in my walk with him, I, I said, God, I'm I don't want to see when I pray for people that God, you would touch them and that they would fall out and hit the ground because of the power and the presence. I said, I've seen that too much. I would catch people. I had one lady, as I was setting her down, she looked up at me and said, thank you for catching me. And I'm like, why am I catching you? I wanted to pick her up and throw her down on the ground because it wasn't the power of God that was hitting her and causing her to fall out. Now, when I pray, people do fall out, but I would prefer them change. I've seen people hit the ground, hit the ground, hit the ground, and a year later, their life is the exact same as a year before. God's power shifts our lives, changes our mindsets, changes actually our physical being. I find it interesting that when we walk with God, there is you can almost see a light on people. You can see the presence of God on people. People who walk with God are look younger. There's a there's a freshness in their step. I had I was at one church that everybody who came through said, "You guys look really good." And and it was because of the power and the presence and the moving of the glory of God in that place that was strengthening us that was uh, just increasing his presence and just letting him exude from us, which caused people to draw to us. Um, but our churches today are lack of that power. Now, I remember one time when uh, I was, the first time I was slated as a prophet and they had put out radio ads and things like that. We were going up... Um, to uh, uh, Hagerstown, Maryland, and I was I was kind of like, you know, why did you slate me as a prophet? Now, do I prophesy? Yes. Do I hear from God? Yes. Do I hear uh, a pretty good percentage correct? Usually, I am exactly on point when I hear what God's saying, and I speak that forth. Every once in a while, I will miss it, and, and we all are going to miss that. But 95% of the time, right on point, if not 100% of the time. But I'm going up here, and I'm, I'm sitting there going, now they slated me as a prophet. I can't come through the back door and prophesy. They're going to expect me to prophesy. And now what happens if God doesn't show up? What happens if the power of God doesn't show up? And I had to, at that point, God was teaching me that it wasn't about me, it was about him. And I needed to know I was in the right place so that he would show up. If I'm doing what God's called me to do, then he's going to show up and back me up. If I'm trying to do things that I'm not called to do, he might not show up and he might not back me up. So for everyone who's hearing this, we need to know that we're stepping into the things of God that God's called us, put on our hearts. Is our leadership confirming this? Is, is, is people outside of the church even confirming this? Um, you know, is, is this something that we know God's really wanting us to step into? The Bible says this, if you're, uh, not many should be called to be teachers because there's a greater uh, judgment on them. 
Okay, so whatever we step into, even there may be some pastors that I'm speaking to right now. You know that you're not supposed to be pastoring. You know that this is a job and it's not an adventure that God sent you on. I want to shake you up and say, hey, maybe you're called to be an evangelist. Maybe you're called to be a, a, a teacher. Maybe you're called to be uh, in, in the secular workplace. Maybe you're called to be whatever. But let's find out where we're called to be. Because if I know that I'm not called to be what I'm supposed to be when I step in the pulpit, I'm going to have fear and I'm not going to allow God to move and flow in the way he's supposed to flow. And so we have these anemic churches that you walk into, you walk out of, we're not expecting anything. I was, as we travel and as we do things, it's really neat during just even praise and worship as Kim does the worship and she releases that power and that presence of God. The in, environment changes, the, the uh, atmosphere changes, the presence changes, and we see people getting healed and set free without anybody being prayed for because the presence of God is there. And we've gone from place to place. Many places we see that people are hungry for the things of God. They're expecting, they've been taught that God is going to move. Uh, the nice thing about doing conferences is that people are coming hungry, expecting to receive something from God. Now, on a regular church service, a lot of people just come because it's a time to come. And so we found that, that as we go to some places, it's dead as a doornail. Does that mean that we're not, we're not anointed? No, that doesn't mean we're not anointed. Does that mean that we're not carrying the presence of God? No, that doesn't mean that we're not carrying the presence of God. But... The people are not at a place to receive the things of God. They're not desiring to receive the things of God. And sometimes it's like Jesus when he walked into his hometown and he said, he said, I couldn't perform any miracles because of their lack of faith. And what I want is that we would believe and expect the power of God to be alive and well in our churches, alive and well as we go out, alive and well as we do our day-to-day -day business. In 2 Timothy 3, 5, it says they have a form of godliness, but deny the power. And what does that mean? They look good. They come in suits. They, they're, they're all dressed up. They look spiffy. But on the inside, there ain't nothing changed. They walk the walk. They talk the talk when they come into church that you wouldn't know any different. But on Monday, you wouldn't know that it was the same person that it was on Sunday because there's not been a life shift and a life change because of the power of God. It's a show. <clears throat> it's a game. And they have a form of godliness, but deny the power of God to change them. And so my question is, do we have that form of godliness? Do we do our church things and look good at our church things? And when we walk out, we live another life. Are we living a double life as a Christian? At church, everyone knows that we're a Christian. But when we're on our job, does anyone know that we're a Christian? So are we walking in the supernatural power of God everywhere we go? Are we just walking in a natural power? 
want to give some testimonies and just kind of some stuff to stir us up and and say hey you know god can move and and we may do several of these uh just to stir us up because the kingdom of god does not consist of words or yammering but in demonstration of the power and you know when i go around places I, I try to stay incognito if I can. I'll slide in and not let anybody know who I am. Uh, sometimes we'll go to a church and I won't, you know, people don't know who I am. But you know what? If the power of God is moving in me, they'll recognize it. If, they, if they're interested in recognizing the power of God, they'll recognize it. If not, maybe I'm not walking where I thought I was walking. Because I don't need to have a trumpet going, doo, 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 here comes a prophet, or doo, 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 here comes a pastor, or, doo, 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 here comes a teacher. My life should be such that that's what people see in me. <clears throat> so are we walking just a natural walk? Are we walking with the supernatural power of God? Our lifestyles and how we walk, how we talk, what we do, normally hasn't been discipled to us. I had one guy working for me uh, just recently. And he was like, oh, yeah, man, I'm saved. Oh, yeah, this and that and the other thing. And and after about a week of, of being with me, as I'm prophesying to people at lunch, if I'm laying hands on people, they're getting healed, as people are getting set free, you know, the guy says, you know what? I really haven't been saved. He had a mental ascent, but it hadn't been a heart. And, and it was a it was he had a form of godliness, but the power of God has never hit him and never been released in him. And so he 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 got saved. God shifted it. You know, and, and I would travel around when I had a, a, a couple of crews running and I'd have a new guy working with me. So I'd have him you know, just drive around with me for a few days or so I could get to know him and that kind of thing. And uh, as we're running from job to job and I'd be going in gated communities and this, the, the, um, everywhere I go, everybody was a Christian. Everybody wanted to know something about Jesus, the guards. I would have a scripture for them every day as I came in and they'd be asking for it. And, you know, I prayed for one of the guards and, and uh, they almost, they fell, fell against the guardhouse and almost fell out because the power of God, and I didn't even touch him, but the power of God whammed on him. Bam! That's the kingdom of God being released. And it's interesting that when, when I'm stepping in the presence of God, almost everybody, everywhere I go, is saved. Either they are saved, or they lie about it and say they're saved. And you know what? If I'm walking in the natural, <clears throat> I would believe them. But if I'm walking in the supernatural, God whispers in my ear and says, they're not saved. And I've seen so many people get saved because God said they're not saved. And I start talking to them about the things of God and they come to know God as their Lord and Savior. And their whole lives are shifted. You know, we're talking about the power of God and, and just, just the things that, that as we're walking out. And, and uh, so I had this guy working for me. 
And what his job was is to put a bundle of shingles on his back, which was about 60 pounds on this, on this particular job, climb up two stories, come back down, get another bundle, carry it up, come back down, get another bundle, carry it up. And he was carrying the shingles for the people who were putting the roof down. And he came to me and he said, he said, Bill, my back is messed up. Will you pray for me? Now, why did he ask me to pray for him? Why did he even think that prayer would make a difference? He wasn't even saved. Because he was seeing people on the job getting healed, getting set free, getting delivered. And he knew that there was a power, <clears throat> that I had a connection with God that could relieve his pain. And about an hour later, he came back and he had been working and he said, the pain's totally gone. I'm like, praise God. Now, a friend of his, this was a, about a year later, had an abscess tooth. And he was going to go to the doctors to get the abscess fixed. And, and I was like, well, let's pray for it. He said, all right. So we prayed for it. God healed it. Pain totally disappeared. Now, the interesting thing is, is, is uh, we know what, we know what, Christianese is supposed to say. But you know what? Not everybody's Christian and not everybody has this Christian words. And so anyway, they were talking to each other about their experience and they were going, well, you wouldn't believe what happened. And the other one's like, no, you wouldn't believe what happened. And what they said was, one said to the other, when he prayed, it was better than the best shot of cocaine I ever had. And the other guy said, yeah, that's what it felt like to me too. You know, the people who are out in the world, they don't have a mindset for this, but God is releasing the power. Now, neither of them were saved. Now, the one guy with the tooth access, it was kind of interesting because as you're releasing the power in the kingdom of God, it just gets released and, and, and favor comes and, and, and he still wasn't saved. But I'm driving down the road and all of a sudden I hear this, Bill Osborne, Bill Osborne. And I'm just driving down the road and I hear it again. And I'm like, this guy sounds a little upset. I hope we don't have to fight or something. You know, I don't know what was going on. So I pull over and it was Todd. And he said, uh, we're at that time we were doing outreaches to campgrounds. And he said, our campground minister just quit. Can you come? and uh, fill the spot. And I said, well, that'll be good. So we went down there and talked to the people. That was the last time, he, last day he ever worked for those people. I never saw him again. But God uses people, even as we touch, to open up doors and things like that. We find an, an interesting story about while we were out there is a lot of times we'll go to places and I want to encourage you when we travel, uh, when we go to a hotel room, we'll do this uh, because we paid for that hotel room. That hotel room is our property for the night. And so we pray and we, we, we ask that God would bind the spirits that have been there before and, and, and just loose the Holy Spirit, that the presence of God would be there, you know, that, that even people after us would be touched by the power and the presence and the glory of God. And, and so while we're at this campground, 
really felt like we were supposed to intercede over the campground. And so we're sitting there and we're praying and all of a sudden I, I, I go into a, a, uh, an open vision, which is a vision where I can see naturally, but it's, it's kind of like an overlay of a, a, I can see two things at one time. And what I saw was, was like the blood of Jesus coming down from heaven and hitting that place and then just spreading out. And, and then I saw the edge of the property and the blood coming to the edge and then it just continuing to flow. I was like, God, what is that about? He said, that's because it's not just contained to this property. It's going to go across the nation. So we had, uh, um, we did that for several years and we had people coming back into Williamsburg saying we had friends who were here and they said, if you're here on Sunday, you got to come to this ministry. And so we ministered to them. Uh, there were several, uh, several ministries that we, we were able to help. There were, uh, we had affluence uh, worldwide, uh, gave one guy a confirmation that uh, spoke the word over him and he was supposed to be doing a, um, an orphanage somewhere down in South America and, and, and God just kind of read his mail on that and he was kind of iffy back and forth and God just confirmed everything and spoke to him and uh, he went and did that. Another one was up in Baltimore, Maryland and, and uh, um, uh, the word was, uh, actually the, the message was, uh, you need to know what God's calling you to do and the altar call was, if you don't know what God's calling you to do, come forward and God will tell you. And that's kind of a stretch because if God doesn't show up, then you're in trouble. But this couple, what I, what I saw was uh, uh, doors being shut. And I, I saw a whole bunch of other stuff. But, but what, what God basically was telling them, that the doors that were being shut... God was not shutting them. The enemy was shutting them and God was calling them to press through and to continue to do what they were doing, that it, God wasn't shutting it down. And after everything was all said and done, they had a ministry, inner city ministry to over 100 kids. And they were that, that weekend just seeking God because that next week that was going to be their last week because they felt like the doors were being shut and they weren't supposed to continue on. So as we believe God, God brings shifts and changes. And it's all because of some guy I pray, had working for me that knew the power of God was there that asked me to go to, go to a place, a, a campground, to be able to release the presence of God, and he wasn't even saved. I'll tell you what, we serve a great God. Now the question is, is do we want the supernatural in our life? And it's real, real simple. This is, this is one of the simplest things. It's like, how can you get 100% of your prayers answered? Pray according to what God wants, not what according to you want. Wow, that's really smart. That, that, duh. Instead of saying, God bless what I'm thinking, say, God, what are you thinking? And I want to pray for it to release it. Every time it'll happen. But if we want the supernatural to happen, this will bring increase every time. Start speaking about the things of God. 
Start speaking about what God has done for you. Start speaking testimonies about what God has done. And you will see God move in supernatural ways. If we're talking about healings and, and we're, we're given testimonies of healings, God starts healing. If we're given testimonies of deliverance, God starts deliverance. If we're given testimony about broken bones being healed, God heals broken bones. And so, and of course, let's have a scripture for that so that we, we, can, we can stand firm and we can go, the word of God says that. It's not something that, that Bill's thinking up. It's not something that so-and-so's thinking up. This is the scripture. Mark 16, 20. Then the disciples went out. <coughs> Doesn't say apostles. It says disciples. What that means is people who are walking according to the things of God went out and preached everywhere. What did they preach? The goodness of God. What did they say? What did they say? Were they quoting uh, Matthew and Mark and Luke and John? No, they weren't even written yet. They were saying, this is what God did. He's setting people free. He's healing blind eyes. You have a blind eye, let's heal it. And, and anyway, so they preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them, confirming his word, not their word, his word. This is a problem. We have our word, our concepts, our thoughts, our things. And instead of, instead of preaching the word, the Bible of God, and knowing what the Bible says, we preach what we think. And I really don't care when a pastor says he starts going, well, I think I shut it off. I'm sorry, that's how I am. I don't care what you think. I want to know what the Word of God says and what you know, not what you think, because what you think can be wrong. So he worked with them confirming his word, Jesus' word, as they spoke the words of God. Jesus confirmed them with signs that accompanied it or miracles that accompanied it. We may be saying something, you know, and, and it's not what Jesus wants to have confirmed. And guess what? You're not going to see signs and wonders. You know, if you're yapping about, about this person and that person and just speaking bad instead of speaking what's pure, what's holy, what's right, what's just, you might not see God move. You know why? Because you're not giving God anything to move with. You're not giving it God anything to work on. So are we speaking the words of God, and if we are, we're going to see signs and wonders happen. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Start living a lifestyle of speaking the things of God, and God will confirm these things with accompanying signs and wonders. Just continue to give you some uh, testimonies. We were in at IHOP, and there was a waitress uh, whose name is Pagan. And my wife said, oh, is that Pajon, thinking it was French or something like that. And she goes, no, it's Pagan. And here's the sad things, folks. <clears throat> she would have church folk be seated at her table and they would get up because her name was Pagan. Now, you know what? God wants to release his blessings. He wants to... This person had never, ever, ever been in a church building. And I guarantee you, because of the way the church folk uh, treated her, she may never, ever, ever go in. 
we're, we prayed and, and we're, we're asking that, that she does and gets healed and gets, you know, comes to know the Lord. But her parents were Wiccans. And so what choice did she have? She didn't know who Jesus was. You know, God can come to her in a vision, but, but you know what? God's supposed to come to him, to her through his people. And her people, his people rejected her, dogged her, hurt her. Why would she even want to know a God that would be that abusive? It wasn't her name, her fault that that was her name. Got another guy who uh, um, I'm, I'm working at, uh, uh, I, I, I see him at um, Lowe's and his name is, uh, oh, what is his name? Anyway, his name is Damien. And he had to change his name on his name tag to go to his middle name because church folk would see Damien on there and would ask for somebody else to mix his paint. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to have a relationship with him and, and, and got to pray over him and, and that kind of thing. But it's because I've loved on him. We need to have the love of God. That brings people in. But anyway, back to Pagan. Um Pagan had a brace on her arm, and she had carpal tunnel, and she was getting ready to go into surgery and uh, uh, to get the carpal tunnel. So, so uh, Kim was like, well, can we pray for that? And so we went ahead and prayed for that. God healed it, took away the pain immediately, and she didn't have to have uh, an operation, and she never had to wear that brace again, as far as we know. And uh, so... God, God moves, and, and it's just because we're loving on people, telling them about the goodness of God, and God's showing himself. We were down in uh, uh, South Carolina eating at a restaurant, and, and God spoke to me uh, about this waitress, and I spoke to her secrets of her heart. She began crying and collapsed with joy, and a man at the next table who heard that said he told her the exact same thing a week ago. You know what? We're, we're ambassadors, and, and it's not just me coming in. It's everybody coming in. You know, one of the things that I, I really, really hated when I became a licensed minister, and this is what I really hated. Before I was a licensed minister, I was praying for people, uh, was casting out demons, people were getting saved and everything else, and the Christians around me were getting encouraged Uh Hopefully not condemned for what they were not doing, but getting convicted for what they were not doing and, and stepping in. I, I was able to, to, to raise up a lot of people in my business um, uh, to actually step forward and, and start uh, sharing the gospel. Had one guy, one time I'd been, been dealing with these brick masons for about nine months and Holy Spirit said, they're going to get saved today. I'm like, yeah. So I'm putting on my tool belt and this guy comes around the corner and he says, he says, hey, Bill, you know, these brick masons. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, they just got saved. I asked him, would they like to get saved? And they're like, yes. Well, I had been working on these guys for nine months. So they knew the gospel. They knew everything. They knew what they were saying yes to. Uh, but somebody else brought them in. And, and for, for a few seconds there, I was like, I was like, man, I'd work for that. I'd done that. God, what, what is this? 
I was supposed to bring him in. Well, some sow, some water, some plant. We're all a team. They're in heaven now. Praise God. Well, they're they're on their way to heaven. They're not in heaven yet, but they're on the way to heaven because of what I did and what he did. We, we work as a team together. Now, the, the cool thing was is that we were raising, he was being raised up. Uh, when I had people working for me, uh, I would give them up to 15 minutes to talk to somebody about the things of Jesus. And, and so um, these were the first people that he'd ever brought to the Lord. And so that, that was just exciting. And that was a good thing. Um, so, uh, and now I don't even know where I was going with that. But anyway, God is a good God. Um, and, and, and we work together. So just be encouraged that, that when you do something, you're doing your part. If you don't see him get saved, you don't see him get healed, that's okay. You're stirring the things up inside of him. Um, we were at a, a restaurant up in northern Richmond just recently. And I saw this guy with his finger wrapped up. And uh, he said, um, I asked him about it. And he said he had broken it uh, a couple of days before. And I asked how bad it was with the pain. I like to do that because when you know, when you know how bad the pain is, you pray and the pain goes down. Oh my goodness, you know God's moving. And so do they. Uh, a lot of times it just totally di disappears immediately. But he said, uh, from one to ten, it was a six. And I asked him if I could pray for him. And so he gingerly put his hand in my hand, and I prayed for him. And after I prayed, he asked, I asked him how he felt, and he said he couldn't feel it anymore. He had no pain. And then when I left, he grabbed me with the hand with the, that, that had the broken finger and grabbed a hold of my hand and shook it. And it was a tight shake. And I just praised God that God... Uh, set him free. Um, the other day in, in Arby's, um, God gave me a word for a girl who was who was working there, and uh, uh, it was just right on and everything else. And and God had me to ask her where she went to church. And and uh, uh, anyway, uh, the end of the conversation, she she got saved. And uh, she was released from, from the things that the enemy had, had, had hold of her. And uh, now she's going to church and on fire for God. And, and just a little bit after that, I was, I was in uh, um, Steak and Shake. <laughs> and this, this uh, uh, now this is a neat thing because God can use things that aren't even right. And shift that around. It says he uses all things for our good. Not just some things, but all things. So I'm looking and I see this thing of... It's Heaven's Gates from the Hubble Telescope. And I thought it was... I, I said, wow, this is really neat. Showed it to her. Use that as a jumping stone to say, will you, you know, will you get to see Heaven's Gates when you, when you, when you pass? And... Uh, we, we got into a conversation and she received Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Now, I got to I gotta tell you that when, when I walk into something like that and see people get saved, there was somebody who was working nine months in the background and laying a foundation so that when I say, do you want to get saved? And they say, yes, 
They know what they're getting saved for. There are times when I talk to people and they go, I ask them and they go, yeah, I need to get saved. And I'm like, hold on a second. Let me make sure that you know what you're doing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so, um, you know, it's exciting to see people come in to the kingdom of God. And I want to encourage every one of us that we should at least be seeing um, maybe one person a year. You know, if you haven't seen somebody uh, get saved, you know, ask God to, to open that up so that you can. Uh, a lot of times we don't see people get saved because we're not talking about God. And, and so let's start talking about God and seeing some supernatural things happen. Um, we're coming back from uh, South Carolina and uh, stopped at a friend of ours house and uh, she had been having some arthritis and some really bad pain. And uh, we ministered, she ministered to us. Uh, she's really a neat prophet in that kind of thing. And, and um, uh, anyway, we prayed for her and the pain almost totally left her. And we were excited about that. And, uh, you know, because I get excited even when God does the little things. I'm excited. But we got a call just a little bit later on and the pain was totally gone. And so praise God. You know, we just stepped out there and said, hey, here we go. And uh, we were over at a friend's house um, and her neck was in great pain. And we broke off the tacks and we adjusted her arm length. And a lot of times uh, our bodies are out of adjustment and we can just pray for, for the arms to be adjusted or the legs to be adjusted and... Uh, things start shifting and, and pain just disappears. So we adjusted her arm and uh, the pain almost went all the way away, except for only on one side. And then we got the word of depression. So we cast off depression and she was fully healed. And she said that was so easy and it took maybe three minutes. And because when God moves, it doesn't have to be hours worth of stuff. It's just real quick. Um, one of the ladies we've been praying for and seeing different things happen, uh, we prayed for her uh, because the pressure changes were uh, uh, causing her great pain and, and great distress. So we prayed for her and there's no more pain. Uh, she, was, she would not be able to move sometimes because of the pressure changes. And her uh, daughter called up and said this was one of the lowest uh, barometric times that's that's ever been, uh, and she had no problem and no issue with any pain at all. So praise God. I want to, uh, you know, God God doesn't, the interesting thing about this releasing the power and presence of God is you don't have to be all so good. God will take whatever he can get sometimes. And uh, uh, one of the scriptures that kind of scares me sometimes, not really scares me, but, you know, it kind of puts a concern because if I raise somebody from the dead, does that mean I'm going to heaven? No. Jesus said this, there's going to be people who healed the sick, cast out demons, did miracles in his name. And he's going to say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. So people who aren't saved can do this. Disciples before Jesus' death and resurrection could not have been saved, yet they were healing the sick and casting out demons. 
So let's get that religious thing off that I've got to be perfect before I can pray. You know, you could you could be in the middle of sin and pray for somebody and, and they get healed because it's not about you. It's about the power of God and God wants to be released in their lives. There's many ministers that are out there that are in, in, in lifestyles of sin and God is moving mightily in their ministry. Why? Was it because of them? No, it's because of the people that they're serving and, the, and God's honoring that position and releasing his power and presence to set his people free. So when you start healing the sick and doing the stuff that we do, there's no pride in it because it's not us and, and it doesn't prove that we're any closer to God than anyone else. We're just willing to allow him to use us. So I went to this uh, house where this older couple lived and, and uh, the lady had been in an accident a couple of years before and, and she was in a wheelchair and she was in this process of getting out, but she was still on a cane and, and uh, um, she was in great pain. And uh, I was just there to take a look at some work and um, she was living with this guy. And uh, I felt the Lord say that we needed to adjust her legs. So I had her sit down and the guy, I had the guy and neither of them were saved had the guy grab a hold of her ankles and, and start praying. And God adjusted, I told him what to pray. He prayed it. God adjusted her feet. The pain was totally gone. And so I'm, uh, I'm, from there, I went to a friend's house and I was telling him about that. And he was like, he was like what's that about? And I said, oh, it's real simple. I said, let me show you. Uh, let me adjust your arms because they need to be adjusted. And they were out a little bit. So I prayed for him and and God adjusted them, but when God adjusted them, there had been a knot in his shoulder uh, that that had been in great pain, and it totally disappeared, and the pain totally was eliminated, and that was within 30 seconds. Bam. God doesn't take long to do what he needs to do. We were uh, at a meeting, but not doing the meeting. We were just in a meeting and ran into a friend of ours, and, and he had a... Uh, uh, he was going to get operated uh, because he had a hernia. And uh, so we said, well, let's pray for that. So we had his wife put her hand over the hernia and we prayed. And as we prayed, she felt the hernia disappear and he did not have to get an operation. Isn't God good? I mean, we're just out there and going, God, here we go. Let's do this. Um, we were at a meeting and a, a conference and we had... We really didn't have the finances to be there, but we were there, and, and actually God was blessing us while we were there, and, and uh, uh, that would take 15 minutes to tell you all the blessings, but one of the neat things that happened was we really didn't have any much money at all. Kim didn't have any money, uh, cash money at all in her purse, and she opened up her purse and opened up her checkbook, and, which was in a zippered wallet, and there was a crisp $20 bill sitting in there, which wasn't there before. And if it was just sitting in the purse, we would have said, oh, you know, maybe it was somebody behind us just kind of threw, threw a 20 in her purse. But they wouldn't have got into the zipper compartment and everything else. So, you know, God is good. And, and you know, sometimes maybe we need to do stuff like that. Just drop a 20 or drop a 50 or drop a 5 or drop a 10 into somebody's, somebody's purse and just... You know, go about your business, sneak it into their into their Bible, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, God does it, but we can do it also. 
Uh, one of the neat things we'll do sometimes is, is uh, while we're uh, going through a drive-through, um, just pay for the people who's behind us. And, uh, you know, God just touches them and, and, and that kind of thing. But we're just, we're just releasing lavish things of love. You know, what, what, what do we do that, that, that nobody knows about? We're just secret about it. Um, anyway, one of the, uh, had this, uh, lady come up and she was, she was pretty big. I mean, like she was like 400 pounds. Anyway, um, she had come and asked for prayer. And so prayer ended up becoming deliverance. And uh, she got delivered and set free, praise God. And but the testimony afterwards was, uh, she said, she said, I wanted to hit you so bad while you were praying. Now she had asked me to pray, so I had permission to pray. Okay, I didn't just come in and start. I had permission to pray, and and uh, so she said she wanted to hit me so hard. And now that would have hurt if she'd have hit me. But she said she couldn't move her arms. Angels had held her back so that she could get delivered. And uh, anyway, the demon inside of her wanted to hit me so bad. And they said, no, 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 no. But anyway, praise God. Uh, God is good. Uh, talked to a, a lady and a guy about Jesus and his foot was messed up, had a metal plate in it. Uh, prayed for it. All the pain left. I'm like, yay. It's so good. I've got a couple of more things here. Uh, called up a girl. Uh, I, I was at a meeting and 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 uh, we were just one of the ministers there. And uh, but a girl came up and they had already finished prayer and and she was like. They were sending people back, and, and I said, well, what, what do you need prayer for? And she said that she had uh, some lung problems, and and, uh, and so we prayed for her that God would give her fresh new lungs. Now, um, I heard stories about there's, there's rooms in heaven of body parts, and I've heard it from different people. So I'm like, I'm like okay, what I mean different people is different kind of streams in the, in the kingdom of God. In other words, they know cross-pollinate so it's not like I heard this guy say it so I'm going to say it too that kind of thing because I, I, I'm always careful about stuff like that because people say stuff and you know it's not really true sometimes but anyway this lady had uh, uh, something messed up in her throat can't remember what it is right now you know the shame is, is we need to really write these things down because God does so many things and I want to encourage you to write things down when you're praying for people and God touches even the smallest things and, and write it down. So you can go back and go, yes, because there's going to be times when you go, we're not doing anything for God. And then you look over your books and you go, wow, look at all the stuff that we've seen God do. But anyway, um, she had something messed up with her throat. And, and I really felt led to ask God to send an angel to bring a new... A, I, I want to say thyroid, but I don't think it was. It was something in her throat. Anyway, so as I'm praying, she, in an open vision, sees an angel come down and stick the thing in her throat, and she was instantaneously and fully healed. So I kind of believe that that uh, we can do that and new, new things. That was my first time to do it. We've seen it happen since. 
So we continue to pray that way. And so this lady had uh, uh, problems with her lungs. She couldn't get a breath, uh, that kind of thing. And uh, so we prayed that she would get new lungs. And there was a, a breeze that came through. And, and all of a sudden, we, we said, okay, we'll, we'll breathe deeper, breathe deeper. And, and she was breathing deeper and breathing deeper. And, and her lungs were filling bigger and more. And they had... Uh, in a long time, and God healed her and set her free. You know, let's step out in these things and go, let's ask God for something crazy. We were um, uh, at my wife's school, and uh, I'll give you two testimonies that came in on the same day. Uh, the testimonies did. Uh, one of the kids uh, had this thing growing on his arm, and... Uh, and so it was fast growing too. And so uh, my wife had prayed for him and they took a biopsy and it was cancer. And uh, my wife asked the mother if, if she could pray for him, anoint him with the oil. She prayed for him and anointed him with the oil. And, and she told her, she said, don't worry about what the doctor said. God has it covered. And so they went back and it wasn't cancerous at all. It already started going down. And uh, so praise God. God is, you know, we, we prayed. God healed it. Uh, we have a neighbor who had uh, uh, stage four throat cancer uh, this fall. And it's totally gone. Uh, so we, we see cancers disappear. We ask God for big things. Why not? We had uh, one lady, uh, the, the, the kid with the tumor, that was cancerous, was not cancerous anymore. Uh, and, and a lady uh, who worked with my wife, she had uh, something messed up with her jaw that every time she bit down, it would come out of, out of socket. There was something missing and, and part of her skull had been missing because of an operation. And so the doctors were like, well, we need to go ahead and uh, uh, do this because we're got, we've got to operate, but we're not exactly sure what to what extent we have to operate. So they went, so we were praying the day before, and uh, as we're praying, I, I, I was praying, God, let her not have to have an operation, which that wasn't an option. There was no option. She was going to get an operation. But, I, and, and she looked at me real weird, and I said, well, you know, let's, we, we serve a big God. Let's shoot for the moon, you know? I'd rather shoot for the moon and hit hit the uh, uh, hit the fence and shoot for nothing and make it. And so we prayed, and uh, she went in, and they didn't have to do an operation. So praise God. You know, my Bible says this. He says it says that He is able to do abundantly above all we could ever ask, think, or imagine, according to the power that it's work within us. So. Let's think big. Let's let's step out. Let's really see how big our God is because our God is so much bigger and he wants to do so much more than we could conceive or think about. So I just want this to be an encouragement to you guys that, hey, let's step out. Let's just say God loves you. Let's, you know, whatever. Say, God, give me a divine appointment and you'll be surprised that God will open up doors for you. But we ask right now, Father, that everyone in the hearing of my voice, again, that there would be healings, deliverances. Please let us know so that we can we can just testify and give glory with you. Uh, 
but uh, just just things setting free, mindsets shifting. And Lord, from this day forward, that it would not be a church thing that's inside the four walls, but it would be a thing that's outside the four walls, that it wouldn't be uh, a name that we have on our on our shirt, but it would be a lifestyle and, and a change like that. And so Holy Spirit, I ask that you would breathe your breath of life over everyone. Lord, that they would even make a decision to come closer to you. Lord, that your fire would be released in them. Lord, that healing would be in their hands. Lord, that they would be able to see things that they didn't see before. And, and Lord, that, that your glory would be released and manifested. We thank you, Lord, for that. We give you glory and honor and praise. We thank you, Lord, for just having this time that we're, we're together and just bless and show yourself true and show off, Lord God. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen.